Welcome to the Rural Pastor Podcast with your host, Andy Addis, and special guest, Mark Clifton. We plant the seeds in the ground, though the fields have long been brown. Lord, when will your harvest come in? I'm giving all I've got to give in the place where I've been sent. But will my labor make much difference in the end? Will no one ever know? Sometimes I feel so all alone. Like the prophet Jeremiah, you may be the one to go to the dying and the broken with a message of hope to that church on the corner of that forgotten little town to a room of empty peers where his love can still be found. You may never know of all the seeds you sow. But it just takes one willing soul to make him known. Amen and amen. We know you are one of those willing souls to make him known. My name is Andy Addis, and I am the volunteer rural strategist with the North American Mission Board Replant Team. And I am the lead vision and teaching pastor of a rural multi-site network of churches and half of your hosting party for the Rural Pastor Podcast. Mark, would you please introduce yourself? Hey, I'm Mark Clifton. I live in... In uh, Baser, Kansas, Baser Linwood area. I pastor the Linwood Baptist Church in the beautiful downtown part of Linwood, Kansas, population 400. We are on Third Street, which is the easternmost street in the entire town. So that tells you how big it is. <laughs> okay, if you're not not aware, numbered streets in Kansas run north and south. So that's right. If third so, so is the east. That's it. That's it. Anyway, hey, uh, but anyway, so yeah, and I, I work for the North American Mission oh. Board leading their, uh, I don't know, their revitalization, replanting, and rural work. But my heart is being the pastor at Linwood Baptist Church in Linwood, Kansas. Amen. Come see us someday. And thank yeah. you for giving us another how to know if you're in a rural church stat. That's a new one for me there. If, is it? Okay. Uh, if well, the furthest street east is still a single digit, you might be in a rural that's right. town. That's or, awesome. if, or if your city aquarium only has guppies, that's another way you can <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> people do ask me how you can find Linwood. And I said, well, you go to Kansas city at night and then you just look West and you follow the lights on the horizon and you'll come to it. <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> as long as you got power, I guess you're all right. You're all right. <laughs> Listen, we've been, uh, we've been on this journey, uh, with the rural pastor podcast. We want to make sure, you know, if this is your first experience that we exist because we want to pour into, to partner with, and to pat on the back, the rural pastor, because we believe what you're doing is important, and we want you to know that you're not alone in this. The whole purpose of this uh, process, project, is that we might partner with you to help you do more, to you for you to do better, and for you to be well as you do this. And for the first few episodes, we've been focusing on what we call the big three that we've identified. In rurality, there's a need to understand the value of your vocational identity, whether full-time, Covo, Bivo, volunteer, it doesn't matter that it's important because of the calling that you have. Second, that isolation is real and that we need to combat that. It doesn't matter what environment you're in. Pastor, ministry is is lonely. And, and how do we handle that? And, and we've covered those two. If you missed those, please go back and check out those episodes. But this week, the third element 
is uh, probably the one that most people think of from the outside, low resources. And uh, there are all kinds of things that we wish we had, or we, if we only had this, then we could do better is the mindset. And we want to talk about that. And so to start that, I'm, I'm going to ask you, Mark, what is the most bailing wire project that you ever had in, in a part of church life? I mean, we've all done work days, right? Where you stand around something looking at it that got worked on 20 years ago and, and go, what were they thinking? <laughs> I tell you what they were thinking. They were they were thinking. Well, you know, Home Depot's too far away. I got some stuff back at the barn. <laughs> That's it. That That's that, it. that we might be able to jerry rig this thing up. Let's just do that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so in I, your I, world, what's what's the most bailing wire project you've ever been a part of in church life? Oh well, this was a long time ago. All right, you guys don't remember. You remember uh, film strips? You remember film strips back in the old days when it would go okay, well, this beep was, and you had to I, hit the button. Yes. Right. Right. I was. It was my first church. I was, I was, and it was, hadn't had any resources at all. And I found a place that if you would send off pictures, they would make a film strip for you. I thought, this is amazing. My, my church is going to have a film strip where you could talk, talk, show what we did, you know, during the summer, but I didn't know how to make the beep. So when I used my cassette recorder, uh, I sat by my, uh, I sat by my microwave. I had a microwave back then. And every time I wanted to change the role, I'd, I'd open the microwave door and it would beep. And so that was on. <laughs> you used the microwave beep <laughs> to, to forward the uh, to, on the to forward the the uh, film strip. Well, what's funny so I still is have, I I still have the film strip. My mother kept it. I was just like nineteen, twenty years old. It was my first. Church. I'm going to need to see my that at some point. That sounds I like. Know, a you fr- <laughs> but but when you and I have the cassette and you hear the beep. And, <laughs> I, I, first of all, you need to know you lost some of the millennials and I, most of the I Z's lost, at cassette. I lost them all. I, I realize that I do. So more recently than that was trying to heat a a uh, portable baptistry. You know, yeah. so I'm trying to find do we get a do we get a tank heater? Do we get a you know? And, and nothing worked, and the water's always cold, and you know. So you know, I, I'd go up at night. And, You'd float the tank heater in there that you'd get to keep the water from freezing so the cattle can drink out of it, but that's not going to warm it up, you know that. And so, yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to keep the water warm in a, in a portable baptistry. That was one of the things I really had to try to figure out. At our first do. multi-site, we borrowed from in town a, uh, a jacuzzi. <laughs> So, oh, did you really? Yeah, it, so it, it looked okay until you open it up and you realize that uh, everybody always asks, so do you use that in the middle of the week? No, we don't. <laughs> we don't, but thank you. Uh, well, since we're on a roll here, yeah. when I was, in Topeka, I was in Topeka, Kansas, and planting a church in Topeka, and we were meeting in the Ramada Inn. And this Ramada Inn had a, had a courtyard and had a restaurant in the courtyard, and the courtyard had a fountain in it. And we needed to do baptism. And uh, I was just always a rebel. And I thought, man, I want to baptize in that fountain with all those people eating brunch. And so uh, I had three people to get baptized that Sunday. And I said, just, you know, bring your clothes. We're going to have baptism. And of course, they were, you know, where's our baptistry? I said, well, I got it taken care of. Don't worry about it. They show up. So this is absolutely a true story. So there's this kid that's, that's he busting the tables there at the restaurant. So I went up to him. I go, hey, is it okay if I use that baptistry to that uh, fountain to baptize people? He's just the bus boy. He goes, oh, I don't care. Okay, that was my permission. So we went in, <laughs> and I standing in the fountain, and these guys, and I baptized. Everybody's eating dinner, watching it, everything, and uh, it went okay. Except the manager told me never to do that again. Yeah, but I'm sure. So I, 
I did. I did baptize in the fountain at the Ramada Inn in Topeka during brunch. So that is that. fantastic. So speaking right. of uh, speaking of low resources, let me give you mine real quick. This is uh, this is a brief story, but my very first paid gig as a pastor was a youth pastor at Agape Southern Baptist, a little storefront in Hayes, Kansas, while I was going to college. And the youth ministry budget. Now follow me on this. The youth ministry budget was sixty dollars a year. A year, <laughs> a year. Don't don't spend it all in one place. Bro. I, my, my thought was, why do we even have a line item for this? Doesn't it cost more <laughs> just to have that audited? <laughs> anyway, so here's what we decided. Speaking of low resources, I did the math and figured out that the best use of because it wouldn't even scholarship half a kid to camp, right? Sixty dollars a year at five dollars a bag, I could get a big five pound bag of M and M's and set it out in a bowl <laughs> in the youth center every month, and, and so that. <laughs> That was the the end of our resources. Was it was an entire M M&M and M budget for the year? I love it. I think a lot of us feel like that's the kind of way we work: stock tanks, borrowed uh, fountains, M um, uh, and M's, and that's the end of what we got. And the struggle is that we know that God is not poor. Right, um, right. Psalm one eleven verse five says, "He provides food for those who fear Him, and He remembers His covenant forever." We know that God is faithful, and so sometimes we just wonder what what's going on. The, one of the first times I ever spoke on giving as a pastor, I remember that I started off. This was a little manipulative. This is not. This is descriptive, not prescriptive. You probably shouldn't do this. But I, I got up and said, hey, I know we've got a building program on the way and that we're going to need to, to raise some money, but I have great news for you. I said, as of this morning, we have all the money that we need. And the church just erupted. And I said, really? amen, amen. I said, but here's the problem. You still have it. <laughs> and um, that, that didn't go over so well. <laughs> <laughs> the highs and the lows. <laughs> you know, the, the church has it, and you're the church. So all we got to do is get it out of your hands and into this bucket. Uh, and that's the tension, isn't it? We know that God has right. everything. We know that there is uh, there is no lack with him. And yet we still struggle with low resources. Not that money is the only resource that we're talking about here, but uh, has low resource been a, a concern for you as you've done ministry in churches over the years? Has it been one of the things that's occupied time and energy for you and your ministry, Mark? Oh, absolutely. And you know why? Because I compare to what other churches have. That's mm. when I, that, that, that's the feeling. I have low resources compared to what other churches are doing. And, and when you do that, when you look around, you go, well, look, they've got a great uh, audio video system. They've got a great, they got like six flags over Jesus for their kids' <laughs> rooms, right? And they got all kinds of cool stuff, you know? So it's, hey, I would go there. It's it's you know, comparison guess, contrast is what you're saying. Exactly, exactly. That's when you feel like you don't have enough, and you look at how somebody else's, you know, how their printed things look. Man, that looks great. Look at that, you know. And I've got this little bulletin I try to print like this, you know. And they've got a beautiful, you know, backdrop with all these uh, uh, pallets they put there and all the Christmas lights on them, you know. And I, I got nothing, you know. I got paneling from 1972 and a velvet picture of Jesus at the Lord's Supper. That's what I got. So actually, excellent. And the hand sewn banners behind the 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 pulpit, right? Hands, the hand sewn banners, yes, from from ladies who that is not their spiritual gift or any <laughs> gift, as far as that goes. Uh, now that was my first church. We actually had a, a velvet painting of Jesus and the disciples at the Last Supper uh, behind the pulpit. So I'm just so glad was, they were at the Last Supper and they weren't playing cards. That's true, like a bunch of dogs. That was in the vestibule, actually. That, that was that was in the men's restroom. That that's where that one was. Well, I, no, I, I again, it's it's comparing. It's when you say. 
you know, our church doesn't have what they have. Our sign doesn't look like their sign. Our children's area doesn't look like their children's area. And, and there's just no benefit in doing that. Um, I don't want to get way ahead in this podcast, but I will. Henry Blackaby always said, it isn't what you don't have. It's what you do have. Mm-hmm. And you have the realized presence of the risen Lord. And that is all you need. Now, the other things are, you can add to them, but it is all you need. You don't need that and something else. And it's when you focus on what you don't have rather than on what you do have that you get into all kinds of problems. Man, I, I absolutely love that. And uh, and by the way, that study, the Experiencing God study, hasn't that uh, hasn't that just affected the yeah. church? I mean, if you've never yeah. been a part of that, that's a throwback study that is still just as relevant today as it ever but has it, been. But it is it has just been released again, and the, and the re-release has been reprinted. It's been updated significantly. Oh, so good. And instead of Henry doing it, it's Richard, his son, and then Richard's son, oh, Henry's man. grandson. So now so those two guys, love. it's a generational thing, and I really want to encourage you to check it out. Every church needs to go through that. I mean, you really do. It, it really focuses. There's also a book called Flickering Lamps that Richard and Henry wrote. It has a video that goes with it. Flickering Lamps, you can get it on Blackaby Ministries. You can put that on the show notes where it talks about just what I said, Jesus, his, his presence in his church, his, his, uh, persever- his uh, power in his church, his purpose in his church, and his provision in the church. And again, I'm always looking at what I don't have. I walk in there and I think, even at where we are right now, we really don't have any instrumentalists. We have no one that can play an instrument well enough to play an instrument. So we have to use uh, you know, tapes of some kind or, or you know, audio recordings. And I think, man, I wish I had an instrumentalist of some sort. Or we really don't have much room for our children. Our children's areas aren't what we I like them to be. And I could go on and on and on, right? Right. And so when I begin to think like that, I come in with sort of a like I'm a handicapped. I'm not handicapped. I mean, the risen Christ is here. He can do whatever he chooses to do through me and through these people who are here. And I just have to focus on that. Well, in, in looking at that, I think there's a reality uh, that, that there are certain limitations that we have, but then there's a supernatural reality that you're getting at, which is that God is not. Yeah. So let, let's look at the reality first. Uh, there's okay. an article called Poor, Invisible, and Left Behind, and uh, and we'll put the tag for this and uh, the link for this in the show notes. But in this project, here's what they discovered. And, and because we're focusing on rurality, this stuck out to me. It says more than 85% of persistently poor counties in the United States are rural. And yet researchers and policymakers overwhelmingly focus on urban poverty. So 85% of the persistently poor counties are in rural places. Now, money is just symbolic of a systemic lack uh, in rurality. I mean, I remember being a youth pastor and uh, having to drive three hours to get to a really bad Christian concert. You know what I mean? That, 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 that's what it took just to get there. So, so when we're, we're talking about these resources, th- there is a reality that there, that there are some things that, that others have that we don't, and that's that comparison issue. But on the supernatural side, and this is totally anecdotal, but, but I thought, thought it was really funny. And preparing for this, I, I use a resource called openbible.info, and you can just take a topic and, and have it pull up what the community has put together for responses. Like, so you put in love and all the verses that, uh, that they say are about love. I typed in resources 
And this was amazing to me. When I typed in the word resources, I didn't get pages of response. I got one verse and it was John 3.16. And I mm. thought, that's where a lot of our guys are. I mean, I would challenge you. Try it. I did it again this morning to make sure. Openbible.info, there's a, a topical mashup. You, t- you type in resources, you get one verse back and it's just John 3.16. And I think mm. some of us doing ministry, we feel like that's it. That That's what we got. We don't have anything else. I look around, I go to a conference, I come home more depressed. I, I just don't Mm -hmm. have what they have, but we do have Jesus. Amen. Right. 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 Exactly. And, and, uh, again, when we look at, at your church and I know you walk in and you look at the building and you look at this, the, the, uh, the way it looks, the way it smells, (laughs) you know, the the musty smell. Why why do churches, old churches have a smell and they're all the same? No. I don't know. I, you know, my wife gave me a Yankee candle the other day that said church basement. So it <laughs> smells just like a church basement. <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, you, you know, and you look at the kitchen and you see all the musty old stuff in the kitchen. Then you go to some other church and go, they got a coffee bar. I mean, they got a coffee bar and they got all these cool pictures and they got all the, and I get it. I mean, we all want that. And I'm not suggesting that's another topic for another day of how you need to upgrade your building. I, I, I believe in doing that. I really, absolutely. Do. but that's not going to change anybody's life. No. And, and frankly, you know, looking at, I, I can little old dying church that, that, that the building's all crumbled and stuff, but man, if, if you invest in, 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 in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with a guy and a lady who's really hurting, they don't care what the building looks like. That's not important to them. And, and, and what is important to them is, you know, what you the way you're sharing the gospel, what what Jesus is doing in their heart. That could be the most beautiful building in the world now because this is the place where my life was totally transformed and totally changed. I mean, going back to Henry Blackaby, since we brought that up, I mean, Richard, I, he's a good friend of mine now. We travel around the country together and speak, and he's told me a lot of stories about what it was like when his dad moved up to Sas- uh, Saskatoon and took Faith Baptist Church. And you know, he said every Sunday especially in the spring when the, the snow would begin to melt. He said, every Sunday morning, we kids would have to go up there. We'd have to mop out the basement water because that's where Sunday school was. So they'd have to mop out the water every Sunday in the basement, get it ready. And yet this was the birthplace of experiencing God. This was the birthplace of an amazing movement across the globe that's still going on in this little old broken down church building. And I, I could go on and on. And I, I, I just, I think we just focus again on, on what we don't have and that's when we compare it to, to other people and I'm, I'm i'm as bad as anybody i mean and social media makes it even worse you look at you know yeah. pictures of what other churches have and the other things they've got and you think well we don't have that the adversary then begins to tell well you don't have that then you can't do this and all that stuff so so yeah. there is a reality and there and in rurality like the the stat that i gave it, it's just true there there are, there are lower resources but there is a supernatural reality that with christ jesus that we do have everything that we need even if it doesn't look the same uh you, you said we'll talk about it later like upgrading buildings but we we have a statement i, I say we i have a statement that i use around crosspoint because all the rest of our leadership team hates it when i say this but i'm going to say it anyway um in rurality Excellence is relative. Um, That's right. What it takes to wow somebody in downtown Kansas City, you know, um, uh, is way different than what it takes in Waukini, Kansas. Uh, You can can actually set a standard of excellence with far less dollars, technology, uh, and and all that goes with that uh, in, in that place. So you can't do that compare and contrast. We have to just do well with what God has given us. 
And now let's flip it on its ear. Let's let's do something a little different. What if instead of looking at those other churches and saying, I wish I had what they had, what if you actually were given what they had, what they were creating? What if there was no territoriality? What if there were actually churches who cared more about the gospel than uh, and more about the kingdom than they did about their own personal kingdoms? And they were willing to give away some of those things that, that we were just lacking. Um, that's really the hub uh, of what we want to talk about. And I use that language specifically because, Mark, you have helped develop something. Um, we, we got drawn in because you had an inside track to this. But the North American Mission Board has recognized the, the need of rural churches and the fact that there were churches that had resources that could make those available to churches with low resources. And we've created something called the replanthub.com to share some of that. And uh, uh, I want to talk about what's what's available there. And one of the goals of this whole website and podcast is to promote that and get people on board. But uh, when you first met, I remember the phone call that you made with Kevin Azell in the car saying, hey, we want to move in this direction. How elated I was. What brought you guys to that place? Uh, what 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 inspired you to say, hey, we could help rural churches if we just got churches with stuff to share their stuff with churches that didn't have stuff? Because rural America is a huge mission field. Thirty three million people live in rural America, and in some parts of rural America, it's the most unchurched, underchurched part of our country. It mm-hmm. truly is, especially under evangelized for sure. And yet, it's overlooked. People don't even think about it. They don't even. It's not even on their mind or their agenda. And I really feel like if we're going to reach North America, we've got to have a strategy and a focus to bring resources that, that God has given us to rural America. And so I really wanted to find a way to get churches' attention, uh, churches in the urban settings, suburban settings that are willing to help all around the globe. I mean, they'll go every place and send missionaries and send money. How about two hours from your front door in a, in a community that's maybe one of the most poverty-stricken communities in your, in your state? That nobody even looks at anymore, mm. uh, and I can I can give you many many examples. There's a little little community up in North Missouri, in uh, in the Grundy County, a little community of 400 people, and the poverty level in that community is twice the poverty level of the entire county, and the church there closed its doors. The Baptist church closed its doors, so there's no Baptist church there. The poverty level is twice the rest of the county. What are we going to do about places like that? And how are we going to reach those kinds of places? And so God just really began to put that on my heart, that these were places that we'd overlooked because they weren't big, they weren't flashy, they didn't have a lot of maybe numerical growth potential, but yet they were really important. And I really feel like God wanted us to do something there. And, and so finding ways to get yeah. those resources, and mm-hmm. we can talk about different kinds of resources, certainly. And, and But one of the resources, look, you, you do need, it's great to have some financial resources. It's great to have some some new equipment. Some, some upgrade in your sound and upgrade in your children's area. We can have a whole other podcast and talk about that. But one of the resources you need is, is simply just people to walk alongside you and say, hey, we know you're there. We love you. We care for you. We're praying for you. And by the way, here's some of the stuff God's taught us as we've reached people. Let's share that with you and how you can do that where you are and how we can partner with you in that. Yeah, and that's that's really the the heart of the hub, replanthub.com, that um, – 
money is good and and physical resources are positive, but they don't fix anything. And, and you know, no. I've been doing ministry for 30 years and here's what I know. You throw money at stuff and you throw money away uh, if, yeah. you, if you don't have a plan that's bigger than that. Right. So what the right. hub is, um, we had the privilege as a multi-site church. We were a, a dying, declining neighborhood church that grew to uh, now 14 locations mm-hmm. with about 3,000 people meeting every weekend. That's not, that, that's not uh, Pat Andy on the back because the only wisdom that I have is from hindsight. Because <laughs> yeah. when, when we were, you, you, you didn't know what you were doing. Oh my when you gosh! Did it, so. it, it, we called it riding a bull, right? If you hang yeah, on for eight right. seconds, then you win. That's that's right. all it was. Right. So now we, but able to look back, what we did is we just whether we planted or were partnering with a, a church that was struggling and dying, we just gave away everything so that they didn't have to reinvent the wheel because we knew there was never going to be enough money. There were never going to be enough uh, leaders to get it done in rural places. And we love these rural places. And so we just developed this system of we create our own stuff and everything that we can purchase and do the Costco version on where if we buy it for mm-hmm. us, can we buy it for more for less? Right. Uh, we, right. We, we just started doing that. And uh, that, that was what you guys said. Let's reproduce this larger. So now I want you to imagine that there is a single portal that has currently 10, soon to be 15, I believe, 10 churches that are producing high quality content, worship pieces, uh, preaching messages on video that can be used in whatever capacity that you like, graphics packages, including printables, access to yep. ideas and people, all of that, 10 different churches and growing all given away absolutely free just because they want to help the rural church. They want to help the small, out-of-the-way place. Let, let, let me give you an example, and then I want to, I want to hear your thoughts on, on this project. But like just the preaching part of this. Worship's easy. I mean, even uh, places that have a, a, a weekly preacher very often struggle to have the worship like you were talking about, Mark. But there are bivocational pastors who haven't had a vacation, been able to take their family away for two years because no one's willing to step up and fill the pulpit. Well, what if you just used it for that? What if you were a small church that you were in between pastors, but nobody can step up and you know it's going to take you three, four, five months to find somebody? What about interim? We have the. Re- what if you're a pastor and you're bivo and you can pull off Sunday morning, but Sunday night, it, we just can't kill it. It's still happening. And, but they. Re- but what if somebody else was doing the content and I could I could use that content? That's what this website is for. Whether it's preaching, worship, graphics, all kinds of stuff, uh, the Replant Hub has a goal to help stuck and struggling churches thrive again by providing quality preaching, quality worship resources that they need to start making disciples and begin a brand new season of ministry. This is now a reality. And so of all the stuff we've talked about, in conjecture, this is a very substantive, real thing. You can go to replanthub.com, sign up, and have access to these resources today for $0 because this is a gift from churches who believe in you and what you're doing and, and want to help you in supplying resources that you can't, you may not be able to get on your own and they can give away legally. Mark, that, that's been the journey so far, and, and that's kind of where we are. I'm excited about where we are. I'd like to know your thoughts. You invited us into this process and where we are right now. What are you thinking about? Oh, yeah, we're just we're just getting started, man. We have just opened the door. This thing, we're going to make it a flood. I mean, we we are really going to do this. Uh, Again, as Andy just said, you can imagine. First of all, I want you to know all of these churches on this are vetted. I mean, you don't have to worry about them theologically or methodologically. They are vetted. They are solid. They are strong. We back them They're They've been vetted. And so you can trust what you download. Mm-hmm. And again, man, if you just want to do some stuff on Wednesday nights or Sunday nights, or here's another great idea, Andy. 
you got you got a church of, of 20, 25 people in this little town, but you know there's a village, you know, 10 miles away, five, mm. probably five miles away. About every right. five miles there's a there's a town, a little town five miles away with no church, but you might have some members who live over there, right? Well, maybe they can start gathering in their home on on a Thursday night. And they could download one of these series and they could show that in their home. And, and you could almost start a little, a little, a little campus over there That's using right. the downloaded material. I mean, and maybe your church watches that very same download at the main campus there on Sunday night. So you could have a church of 20, 25 people. You could have little, little Bible studies all across your county. I mean, there's so many options and music. We've just began to work on, on music. I mean, every day, Andy, I'm working with, Every day, I mean, every day, I'm working with Dr. Kyle Beerman and others on how we can improve and increase the number of worship music we can provide to churches that need it. And we want to give all kinds of free resources to rural churches because I really believe God's going to do an amazing movement in rural America. And I couldn't be more excited to see large and, and medium-sized churches in mainly suburban and other rural areas decide you know what we're going to we're going to turn and look toward rural america and we're going to start sending some resources there and you mentioned they can just download them for free oh yeah cost to this but also if they want to connect to that church that church is open to opening to connecting to them that's right and so you can begin a discussion and a relationship with that church that you're receiving this information from and some of them are willing to to take it to the next level and maybe you become one of their uh, uh, mission points, one of their, you know, mission entities, and, and some even maybe become one of their campuses. If that's something you want to do, there's a whole nother process there, but it, it, we just want to open up the door so that there's all kinds of opportunities and it's called the replant hub. And we're going to keep putting more and more information and more and more resources out there, absolutely free. So you have much to choose from. And I do know this in, in ministry, particularly in Southern Baptist life, resources flow toward activity. Mm. So if you're doing something in your place and God's blessing you there, other churches will come along and want to be a part of that. That's fantastic. And and the reality of like hearing you tell that story in every little hamlet, every five miles there's yep. a town, we could start a Bible study. Yep. One of the things that has always been difficult has been, um, what, what, sure, we got people there, but what do we give them to do? And then if we say we're going to do this, I, I, I don't know about you, but when uh, when I was you know in the day-to-day trenches of doing this stuff, I go, okay, we'll, we'll do this Bible study for 100 people. Well, the books are $5 a person. Oh yeah. my gosh, there's yeah. no way we can do yeah. this. Well, the, one of the issues is you can go to the replanthub.com and a la carte say, I like this series. For instance, Crosspoint, our church is one of the contributing churches. Every series that we have also has grow group material. Well, you could just download that. Yep. You could have those leader guides. Yep. And, 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 and we did a study on what it costs. We saved ourselves something like fifteen to $20,000 just in uh, small group literature materials by creating our own. And we can do the same thing for you. I mean, that's, that's yeah. what, that's what the hub is yeah. all about. You can pick what fits your needs for whatever time period that you want in whatever topic looks best. This is just one way we've talked about combating vocational identity issues. We've talked about combating loneliness. I'm very happy to say in the area of low resources, we can't fix everything, but there are some things that absolutely we can share and shore up and, and help the local church at every level. And the resources to upgrade your building and upgrade your sound system, it's in the harvest. So if you'll focus on reaching people, right, and and this hub can help you do that. If you focus on reaching people, then as they grow in the Lord and grow in their love for him and grow in the love for the church, they'll find ways to move the church, you know, more to what, what we need it to be in terms of the building and that kind of thing. 
you, you, you can't get, I hate to use an overworked analogy, but sometimes when you want to do the building first, you're getting the cart before the horse, man. Mm-hmm. Work on the people and disciple the people and the resources will come from them. And so the hub will help you do that. It'll help you disciple people, help you reach people, help you grow your congregation and maybe grow beyond your own little community and to other places in that county and see the world bigger than maybe you've ever seen it before. Mm. Um, and also, you know, again, you may know of a church in your county that doesn't have a pastor and they can't get someone to come in there and preach and work with them and say, look, you can, and if you don't have good, strong internet, all you got to do is download this stuff on a thumb drive, right? right? Go to the county seat, go to the library, download it on a thumb drive, and then take it there on Sunday morning and, you know, get a smart TV. And I'm, I'm going to go way out on a limb here and say, you know, well, our church can't afford a smart TV. Well, you know, send us an email and we'll see what we can't do about that. I I can't promise anything, but don't let that stop you. Uh, If if you're going to start a new church someplace in another county or another town, and all you need is a smart TV, there's probably some resources out there among among uh, believers that could get that done for you. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm sure yeah. that that cannot be the limiting factor, right? Exactly. The, 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 exactly. The, that, that's too small of a hurdle to keep you from running that race, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Man, so, there, there's yep. just so much we could talk about here. What I would really like to do is just encourage you, uh, even if you say, well, I'm not good at the web, I, I don't do the internets very well. Uh, Kyle has Kyle Bierman, who's kind of the administrator over the hub, he uh, has got all kinds of informative videos there that will help you to navigate and, and learn about the process. So I, I want to encourage you. Mark and I have been having longer podcasts than this. We're going to give you a little extra time today so that you can go <laughs> and go to the replanhub.com and, yeah, right. uh, and then just explore. Take some time. There's no commitment. You sign up uh, just so that you get access, but uh, whatever you would like to do, whatever you'd like to just take some time to explore and dream a little bit and see if we might help you make disciples in a new season of ministry. We want to move from just surviving to thriving. And that's because resources, as, as the reality is that we don't have the things that we think we want, but we have everything that we need. Psalm 50 verse 10 says, for every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. And as my wife always yeah. says, she'll quote that verse and go, Lord, could you slaughter one today for me? (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully the the Replant Hub is a place you can find some of those resources. Guys, many blessings to you. What a a privilege. Mark, we've done four of these now. Can you believe it? We're we're four. Again, and people said it wouldn't last past three, so there you go. (laughs) I heard two, so we're doing really well. Uh, Next week, we're going to start a new journey as we've covered through these uh, first big three issues in rurality. Mark's going to go on a journey through the core principles of uh, what we learned uh, in 20 years of doing rural ministry at Crosspoint and being a rural multi-site, a video-driven multi-site. There'll be some things you love, some things that uh, you don't. There'll be some lessons you can learn, some things you want to reject, but here's what you got to do. Eat the fish, spit out the bones. There's a lot of good stuff uh, that we can learn, and we're going to start that journey start next week. Sound good, Mark? Sounds great, Andy. All right. Appreciate it, buddy. We'll get there. We want to thank you, Mark Clifton, for being with us, North American Mission Board for the opportunity, the Replant Team for all they do, and 180 Digital Media. We are so thankful that you're with us on the Rural Pastor Podcast. Like the prophet Jeremiah, you may be the one to go to the dying and the broken with a message of hope. To that church on the corner Of that forgotten little town To a room of empty pews Where his love can still be found You may never know of all the seeds you sow
soon But it just takes one willing soul to make him Thank you so much for joining us at the ruralpastorpodcast.com. A special thanks to Chosen Road for this incredible theme music, to 180 Digital, our corporate sponsor, and you can check out both of them at our website as well as other resources because you're not alone. And Rural Pastor, we believe in you at the ruralpastorpodcast.com.